Section 2 of Library of the World's Best Mystery and Detective Stories, Volume 5. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Reading by Lars Rolander. Library of the World's Best Mystery and Detective Stories, Volume 5, by Julian Hawthorne, Editor. Section 2, Christian Lahusen's Baron, by Dietrich Tieden, Part 1. From the beginning the villagers said that there was something queer about the baron, Farmer Christian's baron, as they called him. Of course, even the most inveterate gossips of the neighborhood didn't expect things to turn out just as they did. But the gossips enjoyed themselves because of the outcome, which enlivened many a long winter evening for them. They were sorry for Christian, of course, but they said it did him good, and then he was a rich man and could stand a lesson, even if it did cost him quite a pretty sum. Christian Lausen, owner of the Sea Inn, was a man whose carriage and bearing, one might say, his whole attitude toward life, showed that his bank account was of a satisfactory heaviness, and that his land was good land, which repaid his labor and his confidence. The Lake Inn farm belonged to the wealthy village of Brygghofen, near Kiel. The farm itself was of considerable size with good rich loam and a fine beech wood surrounding a pretty little lake from which the inn took its name agriculture and the fishing in the lake were not the only occupation of the owner of the farm his many-sided energy allowed him to give sufficient attention to an eating and drinking establishment in one wing of this house and not to neglect over it a general store at the opposite end of the large building Besides the favorite lager beer which he ordered from Kiel, he brewed a beer on his own grounds, which was eagerly consumed by all the neighborhood, and also sold in considerable quantities to other inns in the vicinity. A large metal shield with golden letters on a black ground told all who might be interested that Christian was also the general agent of a large fire insurance company and his customers comprised almost the entire landed population of the district. But more important than any of these was his wholesale fruit trade, which made his name known far beyond the boundaries of his own county. Christian Lahusen was the first farmer who had utilized the railroad for the service of his business. He bought up the entire fruit output for many square miles, and sent whole carloads to Kiel and Hamburg. The fruit growers of the neighborhood, even the owners of the large baronial estates, brought all their produce to Christian, and he numbered the largest shops of the cities among his customers. All this naturally made Christian a marked man among his fellows, and a man universally respected for his energy and his success. But, like everyone else, he had his failings. One particular little fancy of his was the cause of great amusement to the entire neighborhood, of amusement that turned to distrust and led to many a well-meant warning. But these warnings passed all unheeded, and Christian brought his trouble upon himself. The owner of the Lake Inn farm had two daughters, 
and he had great hopes and schemes for them. The youngest, Marie, was still only fourteen years old, and was a pupil in a leading boarding school in Kiel. From this school the elder sister, Dorothea, had just returned as a maiden of seventeen. For a few weeks before this story opens, Dorothea had been visiting her sister in Kiel, and had made an aristocratic acquaintance who is the hero of this serio-comic tale. This gentleman had evidently become so interested in Dorothea that he followed her home and took a room at the inn for an indefinite length of time. Christian Lahusen introduced him to the daily guests as Baron Herbert von Wareg, pronouncing the name as if it gave him the greatest pleasure. The Baron was polite enough whenever he would condescend to depart from his usual elegant reserve and make the acquaintance of the peasants of the neighborhood. But somehow the villagers did not seem to take to the Baron, and they laughed at Christian for his folly, the best-natured of them saying that they hoped at least that his fancy for the aristocracy would not cost him all too dear. They did not know quite how well justified the distrust turned out to be. The Baron had a large amount of baggage with him, and dressed in the latest style. He wore easy morning clothes of the most fashionable cut during the week, and honoured the Sunday by shining patent leather boots, pale grey trousers, a long black frock coat, and a most carefully brushed silk hat, which he wore just a little over one eye. When he walked through the village streets or on the shores of the lake in all this elegance, he was the cause of great excitement among the small boys of the neighborhood. The village girls appeared to look upon him with favor, which naturally increased the dislike of the men of the neighborhood. The tall hat made the baron look even longer than he was, and lengthened his narrow face in a rather disadvantageous manner. His guest's height would make even Lahusen smile, when the former was obliged to bow his head considerably to pass in under the somewhat low door of the inn. "'I'll have to send for the carpenter to raise the top of that door,' laughed the landlord. But his peasant friends told him that they didn't think it was necessary. "'It won't hurt the baron, or whatever he may be, to have to make a bow to a decent farmer occasionally,' said one of them. It is not so much his height I am worrying about, said another. He can carry it all, for he stands up as stiff as a ramrod, but it's his face I don't like. I can't say what it is, but there's something in it that makes me think I wouldn't trust the man. What's in it? said the third. Why, nothing but a nose like a hawk and eyes like a cat. Christian Lahusen rattled the glasses at his bar in a noticeable way, as a delicate hint that he did not like the conversation. The peasants were not so far out of the way with their description of hawks, nose, and cat's eyes. But in spite of this, the baron's face was not altogether unpleasing, and was certainly not uninteresting. It would light up well when he was talking to his landlord and he could then show an amiability which quite charmed the farmer, and make him think that the distrust shown by his friends in the village sprang from their lack of understanding a gentleman of the great world. He paid no further attention to their remarks, but merely shrugged his shoulders. 
one thing did worry him however and that was his daughter's attitude toward the baron dorothea lahusen was a typical holstein girl in appearance above middle height slender but well developed bloomingly healthy with rich blonde hair and clear frank blue eyes her character also showed all the good qualities of her countrywomen she was capable and energetic efficient in the ordering of her house neat and tidy straightforward and honest in her loyal devotion to her family and in her reserve toward strangers her boarding-school education in the city had given her somewhat easier manners than those of country girls generally it had awakened her intelligence and raised her from the plane of her friends at home thus seeming to heighten her reserve toward them and to give to her attitude toward the baron the politeness of maidenly modesty she had met the gentleman at the house of a friend in the city and at the various parties and excursions that had brought them together he had noticeably shown his preference for her his attentions had flattered her although she did not feel herself drawn toward him in the slightest she had accepted the bouquet which he brought to the train on her departure simply to show her gratitude for his preference but she had been much astonished when he appeared at the inn and engaged a room for a prolonged stay several months had passed and vareg was still there he had entirely won the father's confidence and went in and out as if he were a member of the family but he did not seem to have made any advance in dorothea's favor the girl talked to him as to anyone else at the table but she evidently avoided being alone with him she could not have explained what it was that warned her to be cautious and not to encourage his suit nor could she have told what it was that affected her unpleasantly when he would wander into the store in the busy early evening hours to help her father and to chat with the customers looking for change he asked once as dorothea could not seem to find the money she looked for and was about to send out the errand boy please permit me vareg brought out a handful of change from his pocket counted it out and said laughing don't you want to make me your banker i won't ask any commission the next evening he was there again the store was full and lahusen as well as his daughter had as much as they could do want some help asked the baron amiably i'm a trained cashier can't i help you a little my dear friend christian lahusen was very glad of the assistance and gave the baron the entire charge of the cash turning the money over to him with simply a mention of the sum to be returned and then going right on to the next customer himself dorothea did not like this but she did not want to show her distrust and so followed her father's example the baron was quick and adept at his work said laughingly that he was glad he was of some use in the world and remained in the store as long as they did his daily assistance came to be a matter of habit there was but one disadvantage if one can call it that about this new arrangement the women customers finding that the baron was there every evening appeared to prefer those hours for their errands and the room was often so crowded that it was impossible to move sometimes vareg appeared much amused at this and exchanged jokes with his landlord about it 
punctually every saturday evening the baron paid his weekly bill this was not a very large one and was increased only on the rare occasions when the baron allowed himself a good bottle of wine he must have some money acknowledged even detley brune who had been the first and worst to talk against the baron he he has more money than you and i together detlev declared lausen has he spoken to you about his affairs asked the other oh why of course what part of the country does he come from from austria if you must know oh and what is his father his father his father is a bank president and has a big estate besides he showed me a picture of the castle it's fine i tell you has he got the picture with him yes that is he sent for it hm has he sent for money much for these few months a man like that doesn't go round with a few groschen in his pocket besides he doesn't need much here he'd used more in one week in the city than he would here in four months why he's saving money now will he will he stay much longer asked detlev this was his way of avoiding the direct question which the entire village was asking itself will he ask for your daughter's hand we'll see soon i suppose answered lahusen evasively he hasn't got a profession i suppose continued brun he studied at college the law i think in vienna and berlin people like that detlev can arrange their vacation just as they like they don't need to earn money cause they have more than they can spend anyway twould make me lazy i'd want something to do yes you might detlev and i would too but there's all sorts of people in this world and besides he isn't quite lazy even here in the store evenings for instance he takes entire charge of the money you ought to see how he can work indeed asked detlev brun with a long-drawn tone lahusen poured out a fresh glass of beer prost detlev prost christian you made a good thing out of this year's plums didn't you i'm satisfied toward the end of september vareg went to kiel for a day returning in time to help lausen with his accounting after the close of the apple trade combined with a payment for a large order from a big hamburg house the amounts that came in reached a considerable height don't you think we'll make up that last twenty thousand joked the baron i really shouldn't have thought that a few carloads of apples lahusen interrupted with a laugh would you run up such a capital hey well i suppose you have different sums to calculate with than we do yes at least my old man does he strings on a few ciphers on general principles before he begins to add up but as far as i am concerned i respect the smallest sum when i see it honestly worked for but your business is worthy of respect anyway this hamburg firm for instance let me see it's number sixty or seventy grass keller isn't it yes heinrich kruse that's the name on the draft are they secure as certain as death they complain now and then and want to cut down a little but they are honest as gold hmm you see i don't know much about that sort of thing and it's a draft on sight too 
no loss of interest now that we're here alone my dear lausen won't you shut your book a moment and allow me a discreet question certainly christian lausen knew what was coming at least he thought he did and his fresh round face flushed Wareg came to the point at once i suppose you know what's keeping me here will you give me your daughter for my wife have you spoken to her asked lahusen hesitating no i wish to be quite correct and to secure your consent first lahusen stood up if my daughter wants you i have nothing against it i will speak to her myself yes i will leave that to you she is busy in the house now but late in the afternoon when she is free i will find her it can hardly surprise her by this time lahusen pressed his guest's hand yes speak to her then he said so he really meant business he thought in triumph what a sensation it would make in the village and what a defeat for the gossips and the backbiters lahusen mopped his brow with his handkerchief put his books and his accounts in his iron safe hurried through his house and garden and couldn't seem to await the afternoon during the day however a young friend of dorothea's came to take her away to a birthday party which rather upset the plans of the men of the household and put them in a bad humor during the early evening when there was so much business in the store there was no possibility of a quiet conversation the baron didn't come to take care of the cash that evening but promenaded the garden instead with a very melancholy expression of face finally after supper the balmy air drew dorothea to the garden and she wandered out to a little arbor with a romantic outlook on the lake and the woods beyond it was a charming evening with the delicate light of the early moon over wood and water and the young girl hummed a song gently as she sat there alone in the deep silence she was startled by steps approaching the arbor she recognized the baron and left her little nook as she did not wish to be alone with him in any place so secluded she answered his greetings with reserve may i speak to you for a moment Quareg began she nodded and walked slowly through the garden path while he followed at her side miss dorothea i have followed you ever since i first met you must i tell you why i am here she halted and turned to look at him i will tell you then he said i love you dorothea will you be my wife she was surprised at the calmness with which she heard his words particularly as the moonlight streaming over his face brought out its peculiarities more clearly than she had ever seen them before it looked yellow deepened in spots where the smooth-shaven black beard gleamed through the skin the turned-up corners of the moustache had an artificial appearance fine lines that years alone can bring were gathered about the corners of his eyes and his glance had a glowing keenness that frightened her she shook her blonde head no she said i thank you for the honor you have done me but i cannot accept he paused for a moment then answered calmly with a sharp glance at her forgive me if i venture to hope too much 
i had your father's consent but if i cannot win yours i will leave this place at once he bowed formally and ceremoniously i will take the noon train to-morrow and may therefore have no further opportunity to see you farewell miss lahusen she bowed without speaking and breathed a deep sigh of relief as he walked quickly toward the house and left her alone with the peace of the evening she saw no more of the baron that evening when she had remained about an hour more in the garden she went quietly upstairs to her own room without going to see her father as usual she was still awake when at eleven o'clock the last guests left the inn room and shortly after that she heard her father come upstairs she heard midnight strike from the deep-toned church clock of Brygghofen. then her eyes closed in the deep healthy sleep of youth end of section two read by lars rolander